welcome to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. And you would think that I'd be joined by either Matt Dudek, who you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, or John Parker at Horizon John, but turns out it's just going to be me. But you can still follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And I thought, I really thought for sure that I was going to have to, that we were going to have this long, intricate thing where there were going to be a lot of different scenarios in which who's going to be, who, you know, who's going to be like, you know, what what teams need to do before, you know, to, to, get, to win the regular season championship. I even wrote a big old thing on HorizonRoundtable.com when four games left to see if there were any scenarios. There were actually up to seven teams that had a chance going into this weekend. Seven teams that had a chance, remote even as it may be, to win the Horizon League regular season title. Fast forward four days later, and now it's over. For the second year in a row, Cleveland State has won the Horizon League title. They just they did exactly what they needed to do this weekend. They beat Mil- they went into Milwaukee. They went into Wisconsin. Wisconsin again doesn't. I don't care who you are. It's a dangerous trip. It always has been. It always will be. But sure enough, Cleveland State went up. Went up to Wisconsin. Went up to Milwaukee. Beat them. Of course, Pat Baldwin Jr. isn't back again. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Went into Green Bay. Green Bay had a lot. Had something for them. I mean, Green Bay kept it with it kept going with them. I Cade Meyer um, and Kamari McGee. I got to tell you that the the foundation that Green Bay has with with those two guys, it hasn't really paid any dividends this year. But I think come I think in the coming years, those are going to be two really dangerous guys. And we, and I think we might actually be getting to a point. We, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but I think possibly we could be talking to them in the same breath as some of the other guys that have come out of this, uh, come out of the Green Bay program in years past. And that's a big deal because they need it because they have had a down, a couple of down years. So, but. Cleveland State, in true Cleveland State fashion, at the end of the game, clamped down on the D, uh, and they won. And then, now again, there were Cleveland State did what they needed to do. Here's the thing, though: there are at least a whole bunch of other teams needed to do what they did, needed to do what they needed to do too. Now, Cleveland State swept the weekend. Um, teams like Youngstown State, who had a very remote chance were eliminated. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, by virtue of the fact that Purdue-Fort Wayne and Cleveland State have uh, played the same amount of games, and Purdue-Fort Wayne has lost six times, and the fact that Cleveland State has the season advantage over them with uh, a 2-1 to margin, they were also eliminated. The same thing, the, the same issue with Northern Kentucky. They had six losses. So Cleveland State wins both of those games. Northern Kentucky doesn't uh, gets eliminated. 
And she, because of the fact that, again, Cleveland State has played more games than Northern Kentucky has. And so, therefore, Cleveland State swept this weekend. Northern Kentucky is eliminated. Now, that leaves two teams. And by the way, also, uh, and, and by the way, Detroit Mercy needed like a really a Hail Mary of a bunch of stuff that needed to happen. Um, that didn't happen for them either. Um, so they were obviously eliminated. Which leaves two additional teams. It leaves Wright State, and it leaves Oakland. Oakland, who a lot of people really thought, I mean, a lot of people thought that they would be the team to beat. The team that would eventually rise to the top and win the regular season championship, get the one seed, get all that done. Going into the weekend, Going into the weekend, going into the uh, going into their game on Friday, Oakland and Cleveland State controlled their own destiny. Wright State also had a shot, but they needed some help because Wright State has played more games than Cleveland State and Oakland, and so therefore, if Cleveland State uh, if Cleveland State split the weekend and Wright State. Uh, finished out, uh, finished the, swept the entire, uh, swept their remaining four games. Rice Day, by virtue of the fact that they had more games played by winning percentage, they would have won, they would have won the Horizon League Championship. You know, I love the fact that they were using winning percentage because last year the formula drove everybody crazy. Just use winning percentage. That's a great idea. I think they figured this out and realized, holy crap, we can't do that this year. We can't we can't break out the formula again. That's just too much. <laughs> and I don't blame them, really. I really don't blame them. But so essentially what was what needed to happen for Oakland and Wright State to stay in the race, to stay in the title hunt, is they would have to uh, they would have to keep winning. Which in this, in the case of this weekend, was not possible because Oakland and Wright State played each other on Friday night. So one of those two teams were going to be, one of those two teams were going to be eliminated. Or could has the potential of being eliminated, or they had the potential to keep on playing. So of course, Oakland. And they do this, by the way, Oakland did this two times this weekend, both games this weekend, and if you're a Golden Grizzlies fan, you have to be losing your mind right now. Oakland had double-digit leads on Wright State, had a double-digit lead against Northern Kentucky as well. They blew both of them. Gone. Just out the window. And in the right, in the case of Wright State, they had a chance to keep... Uh, they had a chance... Um, at the end of the game, to uh, you know, to keep the tie and go into overtime, Grandpa Silly hits it. I don't even know where he got this offensive rebound from, because he. The, the, if you seen the, if you saw the game on ESPN two, you would be like, how on earth did he do that? How on earth did he actually get the? How did? How on earth did he actually get that ball to go in the basket? And he did. And then Oakland had one last shot, and Oakland coughed up the ball. And they end up losing the game. Okay. 
So that happened to Wright State. I mean, so that happened to Oakland, and it happened to Wright State. Now, Wright State, because they beat Oakland, still had a shot. Still had a shot of winning the Horizon League, Horizon League Championship. All they needed to do, all they needed to do on Sunday today, we're recording today, and by we I mean I, obviously, all Wright State had to do was beat Detroit Mercy to stay alive in the race. And all Oakland had to do was beat Northern Kentucky to stay alive in the race. Well, guess what happened? Detroit Mercy beat Wright State. Which is hilarious, which by the way is absolutely hilarious because if you saw any part of that game, if you saw part of any part of the Detroit Mercy game, the Detroit Mercy Wright State game, if you turned it off at a certain point in time, you saw Detroit Mercy up by, I believe, about 25, 26 points. And you said, good enough for me, let's go home. Detroit Mercy basically did to Wright State for about, uh, for. 30 minutes of that game. Yeah, it was about 30 minutes. They did to... Detroit Mercy did to Wright State what Wright State did to Detroit Mercy when they played at the Nutter Center. Just absolutely demolished them. And then the almost impossible happened. Detroit Mercy took their foot off the gas and Wright State basically went full court press for the remaining of the remainder of the game. They, uh, Detroit Mercy only won by five, and it was a, it was lucky that they did because Wright State basically just almost erased that entire lead, a twenty six point lead that they almost erased. That's insane. What's ironic, of course, is that uh, Detroit Mercy has not lost at home. Um, but the man, they just. I don't know if they just wanted to give it away or something, but that's almost what happened. I, uh, amazingly enough, again, Detroit Mercy has to be feeling pretty good because Detroit Mercy actually swept the weekend as well. Again, for whatever reason, Detroit Mercy is in the... Detroit Mercy is... And we'll talk a little bit about them later. They swept the weekend. They're undefeated at home. So Wright State, in, in spite of their best efforts, in spite of their best efforts... Lost to Detroit Mercy. Okay. With that happened, Wright State has seven losses. After Cleveland State won, that was the end. They were out. They were done. Which leaves Oakland. Once again, Oakland started... Uh, Oakland, at the beginning, at the in the first half of the Oakland game, they were up. They were up by double digits. And then... Northern Kentucky put it in another gear. Basically, it was, uh, you know, you had Marquez Warwick. Marquez Warwick was just absolutely amazing in the second half of the Oakland game. Just absolutely amazing. He had 27 points. He was on fire. Could not stop him if you wanted to. He was he was just amazing, because which is good, because O was able to basically shut everybody else down. They were able to shut down, you know, they were able to shut down Sam Vincent. He only had four points. They kept, they, they only, Chris Brandon only had four points. Bryson Langdon only had five points. Trayvon Faulkner only had seven. Oh, one other additional thing. So it was 27 points for Marquez Warwick that kept them in the game. Also, 
And the, by the way, this almost happened. To, this almost happened to Detroit as well because uh, Detroit Mercy did play Northern Kentucky, and this almost the same thing happened with uh, Detroit Mercy and Northern Kentucky, where Darren Horn puts in Hubie Pavorius, and Hubie Pavorius can't miss. It didn't work for him against Detroit Mercy, but amazingly enough, it worked for him against Oakland. He put in Hubie Pavorius, and Hubie Pavorius drained three key pointers, crucial key pointers, to get them into the game and get them ahead. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, that was legitimately it. And then, you know, so that was, you know, you know, Northern Kentucky 71, Oakland 66. And by the way, apparently, uh, uh, I guess uh, Dennis Gates was doing a, Cleveland State's head coach was doing a uh, post-game uh, video. And he was about as surprised as everybody else when he found out that, hey, you guys are the one seed now. Well, that's what happened. So the questions come, so we go into the next weekend. We go into the final weekend, and geez, I was thinking that we were going to have this knockdown drag out. You know, we were going to have some sort of fireworks on tap for the, <laughs> for the last weekend as it relates to the regular season title. Thought for sure that they were, we were going to have a little bit of drama going into that. And by little bit of drama, I mean Cleveland State has to play Detroit Mercy at home. Effectively, what would have happened if Cleveland... So effectively, what would have happened um, had Wright State and Oakland won... Had Oakland won... Had Wright State and Oakland won, Cleveland State would have had to beat Detroit Mercy and... It still would have been over. So basically, they just, uh, you know, they basically just fast-forwarded the, the regular season title, theoretically, by, you know, four days. Now, mind you, of course, Detroit Mercy been playing really good. And so, therefore, uh, and again, they're undefeated at home, so there was an opportunity there. There was an opportunity there, and there still probably is an opportunity for Detroit Mercy to play Cleveland State and beat Cleveland State. Thing is now... And then, of course, we had the the final. We have the final game between Cleveland, the the finale between Cleveland State and Oakland, which I thought was going to have a great deal. Was going to mean a big deal for the um, as far as the title, as far as the one seed was concerned. Nope, that is now uh, that is now a thing that's not going to happen. So, what does this mean now? Well. There's a couple of things. While the while the top seed is solved, every other seed is up in the air. At least as far as the top four is concerned. So while <laughs> so while Oakland and so Oakland got swept, and while Northern Kentucky and while Northern Kentucky and Wright State split their series. In Michigan, while they did that, Purdue Fort Wayne has been on fire, just absolute fire. I mean, seven they they are now on a seven game win streak, and let me tell you, I, I they are by the way they are now in second place in the Horizon League, which I'm totally okay with, because 
if they're the if they eventually end up as the two seed, that means that I don't have to root against them. And to, and by the way, I won't be able to root against anybody. So, um, but they have they're poised to be in the, the they're poised to be the two seed. They're in the driver's seat right now. All they have to do is they have to sweep the weekend, and then they they have to go in and beat Detroit Mercy and beat Oakland. And again, they've won seven in a row. And they're they are Purdue Fort Wayne is the hottest team in the Horizon League right now, without a doubt. They're hotter than Cleveland State is. They're hotter than you know Youngstown State has done very well. We'll talk a little bit about them later. But they are the hottest team in the Horizon League, and now they are they they are in second place in the Horizon League. And they have earned it. They have they dominate they they did you know they basically they handled their business against both Green Bay and against Milwaukee. And now they're going to go in this weekend where they got the momentum. They have the momentum. And Detroit Mercy kind of has it, but Detroit Mercy has there's still a little. It, there seems to be a little bit of an issue with them. In spite of the fact they won against Northern Kentucky, despite the fact they won against Wright State, they were still kind of shaky. Not helping their cause, is, not helping Detroit Mercy's cause, is the fact that they got, do not have Madhu Gokach. He's still out. Um, and the other thing, too, is they now have, you know, uh, Mohamed Sila. Uh, is now playing, getting some minutes in the rotation. Um, he's still got some work to do. He's play, he's missed a lot of the se- he's missed some chunks of the season, and I think that extra time that he missed, he definitely could have benefited from. But he does have some presence inside, and he's going to give some people headaches, um, specifically in the last two games of the year. Um, specifically against Cleveland State, although, you know, specifically against Cleveland State, although, uh, yeah, I mean, Spider Johnson was having some major issues with Cade Meyer, had some major issues, was having some issues with uh, Joey St. Pierre. Cade Meyer, I totally get, again, Cade Meyer is that kid who's probably going to, you know, between, uh, he's going to be one of those two foundational pieces for Will Ryan moving forward. Him and Kamari McGee both. I mean, uh, technically everybody because they're bringing everybody back next year. Uh, Green Bay is so, but those two guys, those Cade Meyer and Kamari McGee are the main pieces. I am. Spider Johnson had some had had a real was really you know he had a battle. He was really fighting with them, and I think he's gonna. I think he may have the same situation with uh, when we see Muhammad Sila. But again, the thing with that is we're not going to see a lot of Muhammad Sila. We're going to see way, probably way more Willie Isiani. We're going to probably see way more Noah Waterman, even though way, Noah Waterman is more of a wing guy. So we may see, uh, we'll probably not see Spider on him too much, but we probably will from time to time. And I think that's going to be, but I think against Purdue Fort Wayne, that's going to be another thing because you know with Purdue Fort Wayne they got Rob Petty who is again that guy is that guy is sneaky good uh, sneaky good Rob Petty and so you know and then they've been you know they've been you know mixing in a, just a little bit of Cameron Bedbur but a little bit more of John, uh, Johnny Dejernet Johnny uh, Dejernet or Dejernet I got it I, John Nolan calls him Dejernet that's my story I'm sticking to it. So we may see a lot of him on that. So it's going to be a tough road to hoe for for Detroit Mercy uh, specifically. Um, 
and again, they the the issue that they're going to have, especially with with Detroit Mercy against Purdue Fort Wayne, is they have been the the guard play for Purdue Fort Wayne has been outstanding. It has been outstanding. As witness to seeing this in the triple overtime game against Cleveland State, yeah, absolutely thing. The only saving grace, Cleveland, you know, the only saving grace for Detroit Mercy, Cleveland State still. I mean, Cleveland State had one good game of free throws to this weekend. It was Milwaukee, Green Bay, not so much. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't you know, no, it wasn't exactly anything to write home about. <laughs> So, I don't know if that's going to be a big bugaboo. It's going to be a big bugaboo come tournament time. I know that. But, at the same time, you want to look for that. And I think that might be some... Hopefully, I've, I hope that's something that, you know, they're going to work on um, during the week before the games. And again, since these games aren't exactly, you know, for seeding purposes, you know, but maybe not. I don't know. Hit your free throws, guys. <laughs> Which also means, and also in addition, I should point out, um, so yeah, so Purdue Fort Wayne has to play, you know, Detroit Mercy, and they have to play Oakland, and again, they're on fire, have to, you know, that that is a, that's going to be a match, I mean, that's, I, I, I got to be honest with you, I kind of like Oak, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne's chances here to win out and uh, get, the, get the two seed. I do. The thing is, What's amazing about this is that Oakland may have some real problems here. Oakland may have an issue in terms of if they lose. So, so like I said, the two through four seeds, those those top four seeds, the remaining top four, uh, the two, three, and four seeds, those are not set in stone yet. All right. So Youngstown State, who is currently sitting in sixth, I believe. Youngstown State, they swept the weekend. They did what they needed to do. What what needs to happen next is one of two things. One, Northern Kentucky would have to lose one game. Youngstown State can resolve. Youngstown State has to sweep no matter what. So the last game they play is Northern Kentucky. So if Youngstown State beats Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky is uh, they jump over. They can have the they can jump over Northern Kentucky, but. The other thing that needs to happen for Youngstown State is that they need two more teams. They need two more teams. They need either Oakland or Wright State, either of those teams. They need Oakland or Wright State to lose this weekend. Which, incidentally, um, which, incidentally, could come in the form of the game on Thursday in which Youngstown State plays Wright State. Wright State could uh, Youngstown State could easily uh, could beat could theoretically not uh, could theoretically beat Wright State beat Northern uh, could sweep uh, could beat Wright State and then set up a uh, set up a game again one uh, set up a game between Wright uh, between them and Northern Kentucky in which Wright Youngstown State. Beats Northern Kentucky and gets the uh, and gets in the top four and gets that first round by. This is not going to be an easy task for Youngstown State, mostly because 
mostly because in the the games uh, in the earlier games between these two teams, Youngstown State lost against Northern Kentucky on a buzzer beater uh, tip in uh, buzzer beater layout lay buzzer beater layup by Adrian Nelson, and they barely they they beat Wright State. By thanks to a thanks to a Daniel Goro three pointer, when Wright State only had six guys, I think it was six guys, six guys uh, or seven guys. I think it might have been seven guys, um, two of which were walk ons, and they also didn't have Scott Nagy. So now, for the final two games of the season, Youngstown State has. The task of beating has the task of needing to beat both Wright State and Northern Kentucky at Wright State and at Northern Kentucky with Northern Kentucky at full strength and Wright State at full strength and with their coach. These are not going to be. This is going to be. Needless to say, for for Youngstown State, this is a very tough road to hoe. And this is the only way that they can get into the, the... This is the only way they can get the four seed. This is the only way they can get into the top four. It does not matter what happens to... It, it doesn't matter what happens to Oakland. Because even if Oakland loses one of the last two games, Youngstown State still needs a sweep. That still needs to happen. Now, obvious, now, by the, now mind you, yeah, but actually... There is a scenario in which Youngstown State could actually lose a game and still get in the top four, but that would require a uh, let's see here. That would require uh, Oakland to uh, that would require probably Northern Kentucky to lose to Youngstown State and Robert Morris. I'll talk about Robert Morris a little later, and it would be or it would require Wright State to lose to or it would require. Wright State to lose to Robert Morris if they beat Youngstown State. It would also require it would also require Oakland to win, lose. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. So yeah, you need to win your games. <laughs> it, it's 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 a pretty messy scene. So yeah, so Youngstown State needs to win. Uh, Youngstown State needs to win out. If Youngstown State Youngstown State wins out, they're in the top four. Oakland, however. Oakland is in a big is in more of a pickle because if they lose out, they could be out of the top five. They could easily be out of the top five. If they lose, if Oakland loses to Purdue Fort Wayne, Purdue Fort Wayne is undoubtedly uh, going to be in the Oakland will un, uh, right. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne will undoubtedly have a first round bye. Especially if they yeah if if Oakland loses to Purdue Fort Wayne, that will absolutely happen. Now I guess we'll see what happens a little later on, but I think that's going to be a. It, it's going to be a lot of soul searching for for an Oakland team that again was totally rolling. Right up until they got to, they were rolling right up until they got to. Well, actually, right until they got to the Youngstown State. Actually, they lost the Youngstown State. They lost the Wright State. They lost the Northern Kentucky. Um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a scene it's been a rough scene for them a little bit. 
and now and then you know they go in to beat Detroit. They beat Detroit Mercy, but then they get you know they lose to Northern Kentucky and Wright State again. And now they have Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Cleveland State to look forward to. So if I'm so realistically, if I'm Wright State and Northern Kentucky, I have I'm in the best position to get in the first, get that first round by because both of those teams play Robert Morris and Robert Morris. And I can't believe it's taken me it took me to half an hour before it took me a half an hour into this podcast to even mention this, but Robert Morris lost to IUPUI. IUPUI once again only six guys. IUPUI only has six guys and IUPUI not only beat Robert Morris, but beat Robert Morris by 10. And one of their guys fell, and Bakari Lestrap fell, uh, fouled out. And I believe they had Chuk Sezatua, who was also in danger of fouling out that game. They won by 10 points. And I gotta say, you know, for as much as everybody is beaten up on, on, on IUPUI, I gotta be honest with you, this is, this is actually team, if you've seen it, it's, if you've seen the team... The issue they have had throughout has been they ran out, they only got a handful of guys and they run out of gas. Period. Not what happened against Robert Morris. They didn't. The, there was plenty of gas in the. They they were. It, it might have been like an eighth tank full, but they had enough gas to get through that game and win that game. So I gotta say congratulations to IUPUI because that was and and by the way that's the first Division One win um, as the IUPUI head coach for Matt Crenshaw. So that had to feel good. And the first Horizon League win for him. So that had to feel good for them. Definitely doesn't feel good for Robert Morris. Man, because it, it, by the way, it doesn't get any better for, it didn't get any better for them this weekend because UIC beat them in overtime. So yeah, that's, that happened. UIC is kind of a weird UIC is kind of a weird animal because UIC has um, UIC beats Cleveland State turns around almost uh, IUPUI gives them a running run for their money goes to Youngstown State and loses against Youngstown State and then turns around and basically for about you know 38 minutes of that game Robert Morris had that thing won. And then somewhere in somewhere in the last two minutes in an overtime, you know they hit it, it kicked it in another gear, and guess what? Robert Morris gets swept at home for the weekend again. And now Robert Morris has Northern Kentucky and Wright State to look forward to. This has not been a good season for Robert Morris, which is fun, which is too bad because again. They have the pieces there. It's just it's just hasn't come through for them. I think that I think they really suffer from the fact that you know two of the guys they thought they were gonna get have be key contributors aren't there anymore. So I think Robert Morris is going in the off season is gonna have some soul searching to do a little bit. I think they're gonna want to recharge. I think that's going to be a big deal for them. I think this offseason is going to be pretty critical um, for Robert Morris. I think they're going to have some issues they, that they need to work out in the offseason. IUPUI, on the other hand, you know, it's funny because 
you look at the six guys that they have, and I think aside from B.J. Maxwell, the remaining five are going to be back next year. You look at this group of guys, and you think to yourself, wow, these guys are able to, these guys have been able to stick together and be able to, I mean, they haven't, you know, they, Cleveland State game aside, that was, you know, that was an absolute massacre. But you knew it was going to happen. Cleveland State has all these guys. IUPUI doesn't have enough guys. So, yeah, he knew what was going to happen there. But when you look at some of the games that they have played, you know, the Youngstown State game, they kept close. They kept both of those games close. Robert Morris, they, they that game they kept close in Indianapolis, and then they won the game at Robert Morris. The IUIC game, they played them close both times. And with the and then the second time around, it was just with this group of six guys. So I'm looking at I, I look at IUPUI. I'm thinking, and again, you know, obviously the you know the, that idea of them holding open tryouts was just uh, that was clearly a bust. <laughs> so the six guys you see are the six guys we're going to see for the remainder of the season. But five of those guys are going to be back, plus not just those five guys, but you're going to get Jonah Carrasco back. You're gonna get, um, you know, you're gonna get KJ Pruitt back. Um, you're gonna get Bobby Harvey back. Um, you're gonna get the two guys. You're gonna get. You're gonna bring in the two red shirts. You're gonna get Zach Gunn to actually be able to play. I think I, I know he's a grad grad transfer. Um, hopefully he'll get the waiver to be able to play. So you get all of those guys back. Plus you bring in your your recruiting class. Those five guys though. Those five guys, and it include you know those six, you know those those five guys who are remaining, and two of them are freshmen, by the way, Boston Stanton and Chuksi Zatua. Those remaining guys, those guys are gonna, be, those guys have been through hell. Can you imagine how the you know how well they'd be playing if there was a full rotation of guys? I think they'd actually be doing a lot better than, you know, what is it? Yeah, they they'd be doing a lot better than you know three and twenty three, or whatever it happens to be. Because yeah, they they mean they they had you know the it, it, it the thing about IUPUI is they, you know they as bad as they have been, and again it's at a certain point in time you're going to run out of gas and they've run out of gas constantly. But what are they supposed to do? They got a lot of heart that's going to carry over into the coming seasons. And I and I think I like the idea that they're going to actually have they're going to actually be able to um I think they're going to actually you know, they're going to I think they're going to make some noise maybe next maybe not next season. I think they may still have some struggles next season. But in in a couple seasons, who knows? I think Matt Crenshaw is going to write uh, well, Matt Crenshaw has to write the ship. He has to. I mean, this is you know we're we're in what season we're we're in season four of well they or season five of IUPUI. Well, we will be actually tech. No, we're in season four of IUPUI. No, wait. Yeah, season four. Man, see, this is I can't even remember what they're doing. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm not good at this anymore. I can tell. No, 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 it is season five. Because we had two seasons of Jason. Uh, we had one season. No, wait. No, it is season five. 
or will be season five next year. So we had one season of Jason Gardner, um, 18, 19, and then 19, 20, 20, 21, we had, um, what's it called? We had, uh, name off the tip of my tongue, um, oh, crud, I can't even remember, Byron Rim. Byron Rim, and then, you know, we have Matt Crenshaw. That's a lot of seasons for IUPUI to be down since they've joined the Horizon League. So they need to get it. Yeah. This has to work. This has to work for them. So, but it won't. But it's not like obviously you know they're going to do their best, but their best is probably not going to be good enough. And it's not their fault. It is what it is. As for everybody else, <laughs> I like the idea that you know Milwaukee is in deep trouble. They're just in very deep trouble, Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee came into the regular... We came into the season with the hype of Pat Baldwin Jr. And I'm not saying he's not... We're never going to see him again, but I don't think we're going to see him for the rest of the regular season. We might see him during the tournament. Maybe. I don't know. But I think that'll be the last we see him. I mean, I've been looking at the draft boards, the mock draft boards. He's not. He is not ducked out of the first round yet. And if he doesn't do that, there's a good chance that there's he's gonna be go, he's not gonna be back, which leaves whoever is left. Also leaves the question of Pat Baldwin Senior, who apparently, and thanks to Jimmy Lemke for finding this, apparently he found that Pat Baldwin Senior, whose contract we thought was up this year, is up. Next year, he got a one-year extension. Apparently, all the all the Milwaukee coaches got a one-year extension because of COVID. So now we have by so yeah, that's uh, that seems to be problematic. Because <laughs> I don't know, he's not a fit for Milwaukee. He really isn't. I mean, this has not been you know the what has been going on with Milwaukee has been going on with Milwaukee ever since he got there. You know, he has a couple of flashes of brilliance in between, but then you don't have any of that stuff anymore. So I'm like, oh, that seems problematic. And it is problematic because I don't understand what we're going to do here. And by we, I mean Milwaukee. It's getting chippy. <laughs> because you have if because if anybody because if anybody has listened to this podcast for any certain amount of time, you know that the Milwaukee fans are they're, they're not happy with the way that the current administration has been going. And I don't really blame them. I mean, again, this is three years of... Fu- we're going on th- four years of futility with Pat Baldwin Sr. Going into a fifth. Good luck with that. So, they got a problem. They, yeah, they, they have a real problem. And they may be, yeah, so we may be actually, I don't know, do we see do we see Pat Baldwin Sr. next year? And if Pat Baldwin does come back for, uh, come back next year, I just want to, I just want to witness the implosion of the Milwaukee fan base when that happens. Because they are going to be pissed. They are going to be very angry. And I don't know how that's going to shake out on our end, but I know it's not going to be pretty. So, get your popcorn ready, everybody else in the Horizon League. Not you, UIC, you're leaving anyway. (laughs) So, um, 
Like I said, this weekend again, there's going to the championship is obviously off the uh, uh, regular season titles off the table. Cleveland State has a one seed, but you have the yeah you still have five teams vying for those three extra spots. You have right now you have um, right now you have Purdue Fort Wayne who's in the driver's seat. They win out, they're in. They they're the two seed. Um, <laughs> Oakland, if they win out, they get the two seed because they will have beaten. Because they will have beaten Purdue Fort Wayne. Um, and then comes the fun, Then comes the tricky part. Then, then comes comes a little bit of crazy math between Northern Kentucky and Northern Kentucky and Wright State and Youngstown State. Youngstown State needs to beat both Wright State and Northern Kentucky. The Youngstown State beats Wright State and Northern Kentucky. They're in. Period. After that, uh. My head hurts. I had to do all this. I had to figure out who, how all the one seeds were going to work. And that blew up, like, within a weekend. So, bottom line is that, uh, yeah, March, yeah, you know, March 1st rolls around. We're going to see some very interesting things. March 3rd, obviously, is the quarterfinals. Cleveland State is definitely, you know, going to skip over March 1st and get straight to March 3rd, where they're going to host a home game. And, the, again, the rest three, the other three, we got to shake out. And then off to Indianapolis. Incidentally, um, incidentally, if you guys weren't following along, um, for the last four years, um, starting in 2019, the Horizon Roundtable has been has has had the has had the opportunity to be represented represented members of the media at the Horizon League at the semifinals and the finals of the Horizon League tournament. Well, uh, 2019 was the last year of. Uh, 2019 was last year at uh, Little Caesars Arena. Uh, we got we and Matt do, Matt and uh, Carrick Jones. They were there, which is awesome. 2020, we had Kyle Craven. It's very interesting too, because yeah, we had Kyle Craven uh, at uh, the first in- iteration of uh, the tourney at Farmers Call Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So he was there. Last year, even the COVID year, last year we had uh, we had Al Quate, who is going to be at the um, who was who represented, and he was there. And yeah, I mean that was well. The, last year was kind of weird because we had Alex on, we had Alec on the ground, and then we had it was me and Matt and uh, John Parker, and basically everybody uh, everybody who was able to get in. I think we also had Kyle Craven at one point in time um, because they did the virtual thing by a Zoom. You know, we were all able to kind of participate in that, which was awesome, by the way, um, considering I'm kind of a hermit. <laughs> so this year actually is is kind of special because this year, obviously, we've been doing um, Kyle Rossi has been covering a lot of the uh, covering the Cleveland State women, and he's been doing the women's power rankings. He's going to be on hand. Um, he's going to be on hand at Indiana Farmers Coliseum to cover the women. Which is awesome. And by the way, um, if you didn't hear our announcement earlier, Kyle and uh, John Parker are going to be putting to going to be a part of a new venture uh, with the Horizon Roundtable. Where we're going to be putting together a site and a podcast exclusively dedicated um, towards the Horizon League, uh, Horizon League women's basketball. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll have some further details on that as well. And if you want to write for us, um, you know, get in touch with Kyle and, and and John on that front. Which leaves the men. 
So who on earth would be who on earth would we be sending to Indianapolis for the men? Well, the answer is me. That's right. I'm going to get, yes, this is this is going to be my first opportunity to test out my uh, test to see if my uh, pandemic-induced agoraphobia gets the best of me. Um, so I'm going to be at the uh, so I'm going to be at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum for the men's and women. Uh, not well, Kyle will be there for the women. I'll be there for the men's tournament. So um, I gotta say I'm going to be looking forward to this because I haven't been I have not been on press row of anything for a while. Obviously, we have a, we have a a great group of writers who um, have represented us well. I can't wait to be a part of that group now. It makes me feel weird, but anyway, just want to just wanted to uh, close out the podcast with that, and that's what we're gonna do. And I keep saying we, like somebody's over here, the royal we. We'll just say the royal. We. So, um, HorizonRoundtable.com, obviously. Um, next week, Matt will be back. I've been promised Matt will be back. Um, but HorizonRoundtable.com, where all our written content and our podcasts are found. You can also pull us up on your, any, you know, wherever podcasts are found. And you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So, again, tune in next week. Matt will be back. I'll be back. We'll wrap up the regular season. Until then, thank you all for listening. <laughs>